Welcome to In the Oil Patch, presented by Shale Magazine, broadcasting from the Oilfield Expert Studios. Oilfield Experts, where you get the right products right now. In the Oil Patch is where, together, we explore topics that affect us all in oil, gas, business, and in your community. Every week, your host, Kim Bellotto, will visit with the movers and shakers in this fast-paced industry. You'll hear from industry experts, elected officials, and many more right here on In the Oil Patch. And welcome to In the Oil Patch Radio Show. I'm your host, Kim Bellotto. We will be joined by Noemi Tillman, who is with Deloitte Consulting Oil, Gas, and Chemical Division Leader, as well as Dwayne Dixon, Vice President of U.S. Oil, Gas, and Chemical Sector Leader, as well uh, as the Global Energy Resource and Industrial Consultant Leader for Deloitte Consulting. But first, I want to tell you about the latest issue of Shell Magazine. The cover is Jason Modulin, who is the president of the Texas Alliance of Energy Producers and is also a regular once a month on our show, answering live questions from call-ins and talking about everything oil and gas. And I have to say that this is a great issue because there are plenty of insightful articles as well as the opportunity to learn more about Jason's group, the Texas Alliance of Energy Producers. For more information or to check out the latest issue of Shell Magazine, be sure to go to shale, that's S-H-A-L-E-M-A-G.com. Once again, that's S-H-A-L-E-M-A-G.com. And be sure to like In the Oil Patch Radio Show on our Facebook page to keep up with all the latest interviews that we are having every single week. And now it's time to welcome on my first guest, David Millich, who is the CEO of United Healthcare for Employer and Individuals in Texas. David, welcome to In the Oil Patch Radio Show. Thanks, Kim. I appreciate the opportunity to be here today. You know, you are the executive officer for United Healthcare. And it's here in Texas. The reason why I wanted to bring you on the show was it's open enrollment time. And I think there's a lot of confusion with, you know, as many people are considering who their candidate is right now, we are focusing on our president and who will be elected to office. There's also a lot of other things to consider as well. Life does go on. And right now it is open enrollment for your health care. There's about 13.23 million Texans. And millions of Americans across the country have an opportunity to select or switch their health care plans from last year. And I want to talk about that because I think there's a lot of confusion. It used to be you could change your plan anytime you wanted. It used to be that your employer would help guide you. But there's many, many Americans now that are self-employed. And so tell us what open enrollment means, first of all, if you would. Sure, sure. So open enrollment... um at a high level means the same thing to everyone. It's the opportunity for individuals to choose the health insurance plan program that, that best meets their needs and the needs of their families. Um, the, the timing can vary um, based on the, the program that you're a part of. So for example, if you're a Medicare eligible uh, beneficiary, you have a defined period October 15th um, through uh, through December 7th, where you have to, that's your opportunity to pick a new Medicare plan. Employers, um, be it that they're, you know, two employees all the way up to, you know, the very, very large multinational companies, generally set aside a couple of weeks in the fall to allow employees and their families to pick the benefit program and programs that'll, that they'll have in the upcoming calendar year. So in, in this case for, for 2021. 
Where do the self-employed that are carrying their own medical plans fall in? Obviously, they're not in the Medicare annual enrollment, and they're not employers in the sense of everybody remembers when they worked for a, a corporation that they would start talking to their employees about switching or what options are available, shopping around plans. Is it the same time window for all of the independent workers or smaller companies that are have maybe 10, 15 to 50 employees? Is this their time as well? For, for most of them, yes. It, it depends upon when their, their benefits um, renew. Um, most employers, probably 40 percent, um, large and small employers, renew their coverage um, on a calendar year basis. So for the vast majority of your listeners, yes, this is the time of year when they'll have the opportunity to pick the plan that works best for them um, in the upcoming year. What happens if they don't? Um, well, again, depends on their employer. Um, in some cases, they, um, they, have to do, they have to enroll or re-enroll or they don't have benefits. But in many cases, if they don't, they simply have the plan that um, they're covered under this year um, for, the, for the upcoming year. Uh, Can they switch? Like, let's say it's February and their rates or their plan doesn't seem to really fit their needs anymore. They have to wait until open enrollment again, right? So They do. They do. Um, yeah, so, so that's why it's very, very important that, they, that individuals take the time right now to really sit back and look at the, the programs that are being offered to them to make sure that they make the best possible decisions that they can um, based upon their individual family needs. So really the only time that someone can switch plans is if they have some major thing happen in their life, a divorce, a death, a marriage. So what are the, let's start with the, the first tip you could give somebody that's listening on uh, what should they do first if they, well, first, I guess they probably should, like you said, take a moment uh, to look at the plan and see if it still fits their needs um, and then start shopping. But how do they, uh, what should they be looking for? What are the tips that you would advise someone? Well, the fir- first thing I would, I would tell them to do is make sure that they understand the insurance lingo. Um, because that's you know, not always at, easy, David. <laughs> you're right. It's not. You're right. And so there are there are places where um, individuals can go. So, for example, um, for United Healthcare, we have a a portal, a website that you can go to. It's uhcopenenrollment.com, and it gives you basic information around things like what's a deductible, um, what is coinsurance, what is a copay, um, so that people have a good understanding of the the, the definitions that drive the programs that they have. Um, I, would, I would tell people again, take the time to really understand what you're being offered. Don't just assume that what you had last year or this year is gonna meet your needs for next year. Well, um, and does it even apply with COVID now? There's so many things that have changed in less than a year. And, and one of them is, you know, this telehealth uh, visits that they're offering. So. You necessarily yeah. don't have to go to a credit. Can you talk to me a little bit about that? Or should people Absolutely. be looking for that in their health care? Yeah, I, I will tell you, especially in the oil and gas industry, um, the, uh, virtual visits or telehealth is something that um, is very, very important. And frankly, we've seen a tremendous amount of, even prior to COVID-19, a tremendous amount of increase in utilization because um, it allows people that may have an access to health care issue, they're in a remote area for their work mm-hmm. or for their home, gives them the ability to have access to a physician or a medical health care provider 
um, you know, via their smartphone, their, their tablet, their, their computer workstation. Um, and so it, it really breaks that barrier of access. Um, and um, we've seen a tremendous amount of, again, of, of increased utilization of those types of services, um, even prior to COVID, but certainly once COVID hit, um, utilization even increased much more dramatically and has stayed relatively high. And that is true. A lot of uh, our men and women are remote at the rig sites or in rural areas, and it's just a little harder to get into town to, to get a doctor visit. And there's a lot of times waiting times to see a, a physician as well. What about also these wellness incentives? They should be looking out for that as well. Absolutely. I mean, there are, there are many opportunities now within, in, in particular, employer-sponsored plans. Again, doesn't matter if you're small or large. Um, we at United and, and many carriers have built in incentives, um, financial incentives, to try to help individuals um, live a healthier life. Um, and those wellness programs can be everything from, for example, we have something called Motion, where we provide financial incentives to individuals to, to get up and move, to walk. I want um, that plan. <laughs> yeah, hey, we've got it. We've got it. And it really what it does is it combines a wearable device like a Fitbit um, with uh, uh, an incentive plan through your insurance program and gives you um, cash credits. Um, for for example, to meet your deductible if you're out moving around, because what we know is that's a great way to drive improved health, and that's really what we're about. We're about trying to improve the health of, of the individuals that we serve. And what about, lastly, if you have an upcoming event that you know, such as the birth of a child, or you know you have to schedule some kind of a surgery that's more elective, but... That is something that they should also probably be looking in in the healthcare that maybe they need to switch. Correct? Absolutely, and I think you know that's one of the things that we've seen you know with COVID is people did delay things that um, were more elective, um, and and so there are going to be services that are going to be happening next year that individuals are are, are know about. And yeah, this is the time where you really want to sit back and say and think about what are all the needs. Um, that me and my family are going to have next year so that you pick the best possible plan because many people tend to look at the cost of the insurance in terms of what comes out of their paycheck. They don't necessarily sit back and say, okay, well, I'm going to be utilizing services. So now the, the out-of-pocket expenses that, that, that I have on my plan, my deductible, my co-pays will come into play. And sometimes the least expensive out of my paycheck may not be the best plan for me and my family on an all-in basis. So you really need to take the time this this time of the year to really understand all that. Well, David, before we have to let you go, is there an 800 number or somewhere you can send our listeners if they have questions to contact your organization? Yeah, again, I, I would I would direct people to uhcopenenrollment.com. That's the best place to, um, to, uh, to, to get in touch with us and really learn more about um, United Healthcare. Uh, I would also say to your business owners, um, contact your broker or your consultant, your insurance broker or consultant, and they can certainly um, get to us um, and all of the, the products and services that we offer our customers. Um, again, be it they have two employees or 200,000 employees, we're, we're, we're here to help. Well, David, thank you so much for coming on and helping us understand open enrollment and what that means. And uh, hopefully everybody takes advantage of it and shops their insurance rates around. David, once again, thank you for joining me on In the Oil Patch Radio Show. Thank you. You are listening to In the Oil Patch Radio Show, and we'll be right back. 
Remember this name, Oilfield Experts, to locate any part, any time for your automotive or oilfield equipment needs. Oilfield Experts' specialty is those hard-to-find oilfield parts for your fleet maintenance needs, and we've been providing those parts and accessories to keep your tools turning since 1965. From the auto repair shop to the pump jack, call us for the right part right now. Write down this number, Oilfield Experts, 210-471-1923. Again, that's 210-471-1923, and visit us on the web at theoilfieldexperts.com. Shale Oil & Gas Business Magazine provides services like print advertising and digital marketing. Our digital advertising services include website, email, radio, video, and social media. Shale also provides specialized web services from website management to search engine optimization and social media management. Visit our website, shalemag.com. Once again, that's shale, S-H-A-L-E, mag, M-A-G.com to learn more. Shale is your one-stop shop for growing your business. Pick up the phone today and call 210 210- 2407188 again 2102407188 And now David it is time to welcome on our guest Noemi Tillman who is with Deloitte Consulting Oil Gas and Chemical Division leader, as well as Dwayne Dixon, vice president of U.S. oil, gas, and chemical sector leader, as well uh, as the global energy resource and industrial consultant leader for Deloitte Consulting. Welcome to the show, both of you all. Thank you. Thank you. Now, before we get started, Deloitte is really a, a global leader in the area of many different areas, auditing, tax advice, merger acquisitions. And Dwayne, this is you, this is not your first time on our show, so welcome back. But for our listeners, I would like to start with, Noemi, tell us a little bit about you know what you're currently doing, your role uh, with Deloitte, uh, and then we'll introduce Dwayne, then we'll get into the report that you guys just released. Sounds good. So I have the pleasure of leading a huge practice. We're very much focused on all the major clients in oil, gas, and chemicals. I'm part of consulting. We will do anything from back office operations improvement to thinking about how you improve the top line. Right now, we're obviously meeting people where they need us to be, and it's really a focus on transformation and getting through the cycle. Well, there's a lot that you're, you know, leading multifunctional global service strategy as well as operating model design programs and then driving large-scale cost reductions, process efficiencies, and effectiveness and improvements. That's a lot for you guys to handle, and it kind of, I think, really talks to our listeners about the massive amount that you're overseeing and what you guys are doing. Let me switch gears. Dwayne, you've been on the show multiple times, and you certainly have also a large division that you are covering as well. So tell us a little bit about what you are doing as vice chairman uh, with Deloitte. Uh, Thanks. Uh, It's great to be back. So in the U.S., uh, oil, gas, and chemicals is uh, sort of my obsession. I I work on it uh, every every day. And uh, the work covers what Noemi's team does, uh, also covers uh, our, our tax group. Uh, we do audit between 20 and 25% of the uh, companies in the sector. And uh, we, we also uh, have a, a financial advisory and risk practice that covers M&A and uh, risk services like cybersecurity and so forth. So 
that's a, that's a, that's a big job. Uh, the, the global uh, energy resources and industrials, the only thing I'll bring in there that's really relevant today to oil, gas, and chemicals is uh, uh, in there is uh, renewables, in there is metals and mining, and uh, in there uh, is also all of manufacturing. So we have a, we have a pretty tight group globally, and uh, it's, it's fun to sort of draw on all their experiences as we try to help all of our clients. It really is kind of mind-boggling to see how much Deloitte actually is involved in giving expertise advice, if you will, in all these different areas because every one of them is very different. Cybersecurity from renewables to global approaches, helping with mergers, acquisitions, oil and gas. Some of the largest companies on the planet are y'all's clients, so it's impressive. And I wanted to give our listeners an understanding of how large and how the expertise that Deloitte carries, because you guys released a recent uh, report, and I, I was happy you guys agreed to get on the show with us. It's titled The Future of Work in Oil, Gas, and Chemicals, and Opportunities in a Time of Change. Either one of you, tell me quickly, just give me, we're going to drill down in the show, but what was this report really designed to do, and in what area focus on in oil and gas? So I, I think the, the way the study really started is as things progressed uh, in the pandemic, it started to become clear that we were going to be operating in a virtual mode a lot longer than maybe we expected to at the beginning. And we we're also seeing kind of evidence that the way we work, all of us work, is probably forever changed. You know, it's, it's going to be different than it ever was going forward. So. You know, by, by several estimates, uh, for example, uh, the adoption rate of digital probably accelerated by five to 10 years. And you start to, to look at those things and, and, you, and you realize uh, it, it's time to do something about, you know, what's going on with work. In addition to that, in the sector, in oil and gas, we saw significant change in employment. We had, we had companies that, you know, really had to buckle down and they first cut capital, then they started to focus on cost and cost ultimately led to a tremendous uh, number of layoffs and furloughs and and different creative programs to just sort of try to get through the mess. And And that's kind of how it all happened. And this report, as we drill down into it, we come back from break, you hit the nail on the head. Workforce has changed completely. Many people now are working from home. I think they actually like it. And I think, is it more productive? And then also there's the oil and gas sector that not too long ago went through a huge, uh, had been going through a huge crew change, if you will, with older people uh, retiring and trying to bring newly college degreed individuals on and into the workforce and, and finding out that a seasoned professional, it was really hard to replace that job set with a a fairly new person just graduating from school. So on top of the energy sector dealing with all of that, then they're dealing with also the fact that now we have this pandemic. And like you said earlier, we're having to look uh, light years ahead of where we would be with technology and use it now, which most of us didn't really even understand what Zoom was a year ago. And now we're, we're Zooming today. So this report, when we get back from break, is really going to drill down into what this report that you guys just released, the findings. I think it's interesting to see what's, what you guys are saying are going to happen in the future. You're listening to In the Oil Patch Radio Show, and we'll be right back. Remember this name, Oil Field Experts, to locate any part, any time for your automotive or oil field equipment needs. 
Oil Field Expert Specialty is those hard-to-find oil field parts for your fleet maintenance needs, and we've been providing those parts and accessories to keep your tools turning since 1965. From the auto repair shop to the pump jack, call us for the right part right now. Write down this number, Oil Field Experts, 210-471-1923. Again, that's 210-471-1923. And visit us on the web at theoilfieldexperts.com. Are you a business owner feeling overwhelmed where to begin your business's online presence? Maybe you've spent thousands of dollars in the past just to be highly disappointed with the results. We understand because we were once you. Since then, we decided to hire the very best experts to help us and you. Let us send you our business profile that will quickly show you your Google business rankings in these five areas. Reputation, ratings online, website, advertising and social media, and search engine optimization. All of these areas really affect how Google ranks your entire listing. So if ranking on page one is your goal, pick up the phone and call us now, 210-240-7188, or simply go to shalemag.com slash business profile. We'll be in contact with you within 24 hours. Once again, pick up the phone and call us now, 210-240-7188, or simply go to shalemag.com. That's S-H-A-L-E-M-A-G.com slash business profile. Start dealing with a company you can trust and always find. We're back. You're listening to In the Oil Patch Radio Show. Our guest today is Noemi Tillman and Dwayne Dixon, both with Deloitte. Amy or Dwayne, you guys, uh, Deloitte released a study uh, not too long ago titled Future of Work in Oil, Gas, and Chemicals Opportunity in the Time of Change. Previous break, we were kind of discussing a little bit about the report and now I, uh, I want to drill down into it a little bit more. Uh, Dwayne, you focus a lot on chemicals, chemicals that explore the opportunities of today's environment that could present organizations to transfer themselves, uh, if you will, and bolster their appeal with current prospective employees. Uh, in the study, it also discussed how this downward turn or the great compression, as you guys call it, is like no other. Uh, because it's challenged with interconnected dimensions uh, in the industry's workforce as well as workplace. And we had a little bit of a discussion previously to the break on that. So break that down for us. What does all that mean? So I, I think let's let's start with the fact that we have a study that looks at oil, gas, and chemicals that's really two studies because the, uh, the situation in oil and gas is, is different than the situation in chemicals. And uh, so as we, as we look, both had some things in common, like uh, as you mentioned before the break, they're, uh, they're both uh, pretty tenured populations in the 45% tenured range. And, and uh, you look at sort of 40% of both the chemical industry and the oil and gas industry uh, uh, employees are kind of within five to seven years of retirement. So when you start to think about that, that's a lot of knowledge that is, is getting ready to depart. So that's, that's one really big aspect of the study is, is kind of, there was a future of work discussion to have whether we had a pandemic or not. So, so that was kind of part one. And then part two, since the pandemic and the big 
demand drop in in, in terms of uh, for fuels and so forth, um, de de demand drop for uh, various types of chemicals and plastics, and and then you know the the uh, the lower price of oil and so forth. It it just drove change faster, and so you know we did see. 107,000 jobs uh, eliminated, and that's probably an early figure. It kind of happened between the months of March and August, and mm -hmm. it didn't take into account some bankruptcies and and other things. So we're you know we're, we're definitely sure that you know more than 100,000 jobs were eliminated. Uh, the probably startling fact is as we start to do some sensitivities and we think about a $40, $41 price of oil today. $45, you know, sensitivity uh, going forward, uh, only about 30% of those jobs are going to return. So, you know, we need to see either better conditions from a price of oil perspective uh, for some of those jobs to return, or we're going to need to see pretty massive retraining and reskilling because they're, the jobs won't return in kind, but the jobs will be there. It's just a, it's a question of different work being done differently. Uh, quickly, before we go to break, and then I'm going to turn it over to my co-host here to pepper you guys with some questions too. So the, the workforce is dropping off uh, significantly. And is there, uh, you know, in, in this thing, it says the scenario is price cycle of about 70% of jobs lost during the pandemic may not return it. You'd said that. And it will end at uh, in 2021 at $45 a barrel. Is that what this report, I'm reading it correctly? I, I think we're still, uh, we're still, pretty certain about the uh, the sensitivities that we did about jobs returning. Um, we are starting to see a little bit more optimistic estimates of the price of oil that, you know, could be above 50 or, 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 or a little higher in 2021. But uh, we, we did a sensitivity for that as well. And still, even at, even at a $55 per barrel of oil price, um, we aren't going to see a hundred percent return of those jobs. When we return from break, we're going to drill down a little bit more with Noemi, get a little bit of information as well on uh, what type of jobs and the skill set that's going to be necessary coming out of COVID. You're listening to In the Oil Patch Radio Show, and we'll be right back. The vision of the Women's Energy Network is to be the premier organization that educates, attracts, retains, and develops professional women working across the value chain. Also known as WEN, our mission is to develop programs that provide networking opportunities and foster career and leadership development of women who work in the energy industry. Thousands of women are breaking ground in energy industry careers every year, and 4,000 of them are already members of the Women's Energy Network across our 14 chapters. Members receive exclusive access to mentoring, job boards, group discussions, member-only networking events, expert speaking engagements, and more. Join today by visiting womensenergynetwork.org slash Houston or call 1-855-390-0650. The Women's Energy Network, empowering women in energy. Welcome back to In the All Patch Radio Show. I'm David Blackman with my co-host Kim Bellotto of Shell Magazine. And we're talking about jobs in the oil and gas and chemicals industry and the future of work, what work is going to look like there. 
Now, Amy, um, let's talk about the workforce and what it looks like in the future. In this report, as you describe it, uh, the workforce of the future is going to need some new skill sets. And that raises the question, is the industry currently facing a shortage of skills? And, and what can oil and gas employees currently in the industry or looking for jobs in the industry do to become more marketable and employable? Yeah, David, it's a, it's a great question. So between the great compression and COVID, there's really a dichotomy right now in the industry. We've had the big layoffs, we've had the great crew change. And with the layoffs since you know 2014 being over 300,000 and the median age of the workforce above 44, we are really truly looking at a shortage. So the question is exactly that. What do we do about it? Well, organizations have to change. In this case, the employees are gonna have to do their part as well. It is all about upskilling. It's about asking yourself, what are those traits? What are the characteristics? What are the skills I need? So yes, we do still continue to need a lot of hardcore technical skills, but we also need to prioritize a lot of learning and development. And we need things like math, analytics, data visualization. You know, you th think about geospatial mapping, quality assurance, all of these things are actually core to transforming the industry over the next decade. That is what employees will need to be not just employable, but to be part of the transformation of the marketplace. A question in my mind is, in the last couple of years, like you discussed, we've seen uh, a lot of layoffs and then there's an environmental issue that is always swirling around of do they want to work in the industry. But there's also, you know, with all of these different things going on, you know, Amy, why would someone stay in the industry and build a career, particularly if they have marketable skills? What's the draw for them? Yeah, well, so it, it is a little bit of a difficult sell. Retention, not only finding the skill sets, but then once you have them retaining it, has to be at the core of what we're thinking about. But I think the reason someone would want to not just come to this industry and build a career, but stay for a long time, has to do with the forward-looking sort of marketplace. What is the next decade going to look like? It's going to be very, very different from this industry. It's going to be transformative. It's going to be progressive. Those are words that are attractive to the younger workforce with these marketable skills. And now that you think about it's not just hardcore technology, but there's some science, there's some analytics, there's now a focus on clean energy. Back to your question about, you know, what have people thought about the industry and was that attractive? Or if you think about how you mix human with digital, all of those are going to make you want to be part of the transformation. I think the employees that not only reskill themselves, but they stick to this industry will become the heroes. They will be in front of crafting a new agenda for the energy industry. They're going to be able to transform the way that we do work, thinking about human machine collaboration. They're going to be on the front lines of really figuring out where we're going to take this rather than what this used to be. And they're gonna benefit from everything from flexible resource models and a distributive workforce. We don't have a choice right now. The COVID environment has caused us to rethink how we work. And this industry, like so many, all of the employers are gonna benefit from that change. Well, I know David, my co-host has a question for you, but before I pass it back to him, and I just wanna say, Dwayne, I don't know where you've been keeping No Amy, but she's amazing in the way of giving a vision because most of the millennials are really struggling with this whole 
environmental climate change issue. They want to be a part of something, but what? And the way oil and gas is portrayed, they tend to shy away from it. But if they realize this is your future, you know, you guys can make the biggest change here in this industry and go exactly where you want to take it, if you will, or see it move towards in greener, uh, more efficient technology. This is it. And so for all of our oil and gas companies that are listening to the show, I do hope that they hear uh, Noemi. And also you would really be a great person to speak a little bit more on on the things that are coming because you give a lot of enthusiasm behind it too. Uh, David, go ahead. I know you have a question for them. Dwayne, so let's talk about digital challengings around this this new work environment. You know, we're doing this this interview on Zoom, which is one of the popular bits of technology and and digital technology that that, that companies are using now. What's your take on uh, the other kinds of challenges? Uh, you know that everyone's going to have to learn to deal with uh, in the years to come. Yeah, I think uh, so. First, Noemi did a really good job of talking about mm-hmm. the, the reskilling challenge and and uh, really people needing to sort of think about what they want to have in terms of capabilities is, is going to be a big part of that. So, you know, software and, and programming, uh, data and analytics, uh, th- these are going to be pretty common in almost every job as we, as we look forward. Um, but now starting to sort of think of the way we work today and the fact that we might all be more virtual, this oil and gas was an industry that was, was pretty much office-based or field-based. And uh, the majority of people were in the office. If the future generation wants to make a difference and an impact, they also want flexibility in their work schedules and things like that. So being able to be flexible also creates some digital challenges. So, uh, you know, can we, you know, do compliance reporting and, and regulatory reporting from our homes and make sure that our data is secure and free from hackers and, and, and things like that? Uh, are our plants with fewer staff in them, you know, more vulnerable to cyber attacks and so forth? Those are going to be the, the challenges of tomorrow. And those are eminently addressable, but, uh, but you know, it's going to take uh, really intelligent people and, and really intelligent strategies to do it. So that's another area of excitement for people who want to join the workforce in this space. And, you know, if there is one industry that I believe has the capability of doing it, it is definitely the oil and gas. They're always a leader in technology, no matter what they're looking towards to create or invent in the future. When we come back from break, we've got to take a quick break. I want to get back on the digital discussion, if you will, technology. You're listening to in the Oil Patch Radio Show, and we'll be right back. Hi, this is Tracy Bentley, the President and CEO of the Permian Strategic Partnership. Improvements to road safety and infrastructure across the Permian Basin have been a priority for the Permian Strategic Partnership since our inception. Over the last several years, new pressures and increased traffic have resulted in crowded, damaged, and dangerous roadways. To fully realize the unprecedented opportunity for energy production and economic development in the Permian Basin, we must focus on building and sustaining a reliable transit infrastructure. The PSP and our Road Safety Committee are working to identify solutions for priority transportation routes and increased access to financial support for locally driven projects that enhance safety and accessibility for all residents and workers in the Permian Basin. 
The PSP recently committed $80,000 in grant writing support that helped secure $12.5 million in federal funding to increase capacity along 22 miles of US-285 spanning from the Texas line to Loving, New Mexico. Construction on this project is set to begin this summer. Its completion will mean safer travel for the oil and gas industry and regional commuters alike. For more information, go to permianpartnership.org. Permianpartnership.org. Hi, folks. Alvin Bailey here. Did you know Agreco is proud to sponsor In the Oil Patch Radio Show? Agreco has served Texas oil fields for over 10 years, supporting producers with temporary power to get their product to market. When utility power is not available, Agreco is your reliable alternative. They service everything from pump jacks with a single 200-kilowatt unit to massive gas processing facilities requiring 50 megawatts or more. Agreco is your dedicated engineering partner for diesel and natural gas generators, as well as battery power solutions. Call Agreco today at 1-800-AGRECO. That's 1-800-A-G-G-R-E-K-O. Welcome back to In the Oil Patch Radio Show. I'm David Blackman, editor of Shell Magazine with my co-host Kim Bellotto. Uh, and our guests, Noemi Tillman and Dwayne Dixon with Deloitte, who have, uh, have been talking with us at this, this show about a wonderful report, very informative report they recently released uh, related to oil, gas, and chemicals and the future of work in those industries. Uh, Noemi, we were talking about digital challenges at the end of the last segment and and of course anytime you're doing things remotely uh, with digital technology uh, you have security uh, issues and so let's talk about I want to give you a chance to talk about uh, the kinds of strategies the industry can engage in to secure those digital transactions. That's right we can't think of the workforce and not think that digital is a huge part of it but not thinking through a strategy to make sure it's secure is very, very dangerous. So right now there's a number of things that everyone should be thinking about. I mean, you've got to really truly take the time to define a next generation of the user security experience. You have to think about how do you secure all the data, all the communications? How do you actually drive a culture that understands why all of that is critical? And how do you actually use a lot of third party governance and monitoring controls in order to cover the fact that you're doing everything or many things a lot more remotely than you used to. So there's an entire security agenda that has to surround the way you move your workforce to digital. Boy, that just really sounds daunting to me. You know, I, I came up through the industry at a time when computers were just coming in to vogue in the industry and uh, have, kind of lived through how the IT departments in these companies have kind of come actually to dominate really company policy now. It just sounds like that that's going to keep expanding, right? Yeah, but I don't think it's just about policy. There's some proactive nature to making sure we're doing the security the right way. And then there's an element that's teaching all the employees how to interact with the digital and the technology. Yeah. So I don't think it's just a policy play. There's a lot more to it and it's much more proactive and it's something that we should all be thinking about on a daily basis. Well, of course, and of course, anytime you have massive change like this, you're, you're gonna create conflict in the work environment, right? Employee conflicts, right. management, employee conflicts. So what do you advise companies to do to try to stay ahead of those kinds of workplace debates? 
So the debates um, have been around for a long time. They just change as you think about the future of work, the future of the workforce. There are some that have already been discussed, and but they still need to be a constant focus. So let's talk a little bit about, you know, you've got to commit to pay parity. You have to really have an engaged conversation around work equality and diversity still has to be an area of focus. Like you can't just say, I've put my right. programs in place and let it go away. I also think we talk a lot about transformation. So it's not just about the workforce and the reductions right now, but it's about how you take this moment to transform. Part of that transformation actually is a cultural transformation. You have to think about what is it to make people feel like they belong and have pride in who you are, given we're moving to a more remote environment. Yeah. Not only are we moving to a more remote environment, we're also having to ask ourselves, is the employee of yesterday the employee of tomorrow? Well, yes, but there's a yes and. <laughs> How do you tap into the gig economy? How do you think about distributed workforce? How do you drive flexibility and agility into how you man your company of the future. Those are many and many of the things that are getting debated right now. Some of them are old topics, but need to be looked at in a new way. And others, it's just continued focus and energy so that we don't get behind the times. Well, and I think, Noemi, you're, you're hitting another really important topic on how we've seen this energy sector evolving, trying to retain the old help uh, or old experienced staff, if you will, along with trying to bring along the new. Duane, I want to close out the show with you. This report is just a really great report. Kudos for you guys for producing it and helping, I think, the energy industry think about things. We know that they dealt with a whole lot in COVID. No one was expecting it, and a huge industry had to react and react quickly. Your closing thoughts on what can the industry learn from this report? I think let's start with the fact that uh, people's beliefs are changing. The world is not waiting for us to be regulated to tell us how to you know, be more responsible from a climate perspective or be, be more diverse in our population or more inclusive in the way we operate. Uh, this is what people want. And so you know, what I think is remarkable is, is during the last six months, how people have been able to respond, how much they've been able to pull off in, in difficult circumstances. And if we can kind of handle change of that magnitude, like we have for the past six months, what's coming ahead for us as we start to reshape our workforce and reshape the way we work is, is also uh, something that we should be very optimistic about because we can handle the change. So, you know, I, I would just sort of leave it on a, on a very positive note. And, you know, this is an industry that has a lot of resources, has a strong position to start with has some very, very, very talented people and, and you know, good reputation to build on. And, and all, all it really takes uh, is, is to make some of these more difficult choices and, and, and move ahead. And I think we've proven to ourselves uh, in the past six months that we can do that. And I also wonder if we look at how the industry looks to uh, companies that really have their finger on the pulse, if you will, of what is coming or the potential of what could happen and are they prepared for it? One of the interviews we did not long ago with one of the CEOs, uh, midstream company, Howard Energy, was discussing how quickly they had to adapt when COVID, you know, struck and the way that they reacted. And, you know, you told me, Kim, we just did the very best we could. And luckily it turned out to be 
uh, great. But he also did kind of say in hindsight, you know, uh, we were prepared. We had, you know, listened to quite a few companies that kind of gave us some guidance and and uh, and, and some thoughts of to think in the future, what ifs. And they were in a much better position than probably some other companies. This is a very interesting report you guys have released. Where can our listeners go and uh, get your report? It's, uh, it's, it's very easy to access it through uh, the Deloitte website, and uh, we can get you directed to, uh, to the report uh, and, and authors if, uh, if there is interest in discussing the issues further. And once again, that report they're looking for is titled The Future of Work in Oil, Gas, and Chemicals, an Opportunity in the Time of Change. So be sure to go to the Deloitte's website and Google or do the search bar that and this report will pop up. No, Amy, thank you so much for joining us. Lovely. Hopefully we this won't be your last time uh, stopping in and talking to us. Uh, you were a great delight. And Dwayne, as always, we look forward to having you come back on the show. But on behalf of David and I, we are out of time. Thank you for listening to In the Oil Patch Radio Show as well. Thank you. In the Oil Patch is where together we explore topics that affect us all in oil, gas, business, and in your community. Every week, your host, Kim Bilotto, will visit with the movers and shakers in this fast-paced industry. You'll hear from industry experts, elected officials, and many more right here on In the Oil Patch.